Welcome to the Gospel Centered Pro Life Podcast, a podcast designed to equip, encourage, and challenge you in pro life ministry and always with a focus on the gospel. Stay tuned. I felt your passion, touched your heart. Welcome back to the Gospel Center Pro-Life Podcast. Appreciate you guys joining us as always. And uh, as always, we hope this episode will be a blessing to you. And we're going to talk about maybe a, a kind of a unique subject. This should be coming out before Christmas. And so we're going to talk about how we can reach out to these moms going into the abortion center and uh, really reach people just in general. Maybe not just the moms and the dads, but maybe just people in our lives with the pro-life message and use the Christmas story as a springboard for that message. And some of you guys, maybe you're probably already doing this. You're already using it because in your mind, you make these connections. I mean, gosh, Mary, a young woman who was, you know, she was not in sin. She didn't get pregnant for for her sinful lifestyle. But uh, she was a young mother and, what, 14, some people right, think? Right, that's what they think. Yeah. Yeah, just teenager. And so she's in a, you know, what the world would say, a situation where she she doesn't need to have a baby. Um, Certainly unplanned times, by her. Yeah, unplanned pregnancy. Mm-hmm. In modern times, people would have encouraged her to have an abortion. I'm mm-hmm. sure many people would have. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, we're going to talk about how can you, at the abortion center, use that story as a springboard Maybe it's in a one-on-one conversation. Maybe it's in as you're calling out to them going into the abortion center. I think it's kind of along the lines of what God says, that talking point that we use, what God says. Right. And the humanity of the baby as well. Yeah, yeah. And uh, maybe on the microphones. So we use amplified sound here and we're able to kind of broadcast more of a, like a message, a general message to everyone who's maybe sitting in their cars in the parking lot or inside the waiting room of the abortion center or whatever it might be. But in those contexts... How can you use the Christmas story as a springboard to share the pro-life message? It is so rich and filled, Luke 1, Luke 1 and 2, but especially Luke 1, just really filled with great things to call out to the women. And I do this with every holiday. I really look for at every holiday, major holiday, and think, first of all, I recognize and I call out to them, what do you think you're going to think every single Christmas from this point forward? What are you going to remember? You'll remember when you were here yeah. and, and what choice you meant. And that holiday is always going to be tinged with um, either the joy or the despair of, of that choice that you made. So the holidays, I think, are an effective thing for us to really focus on yeah. as they're approaching all the holidays, but Christmas especially. Yeah, And um, so, you know, we're just a few weeks away. What what are we now? Three weeks away from, from Christmas yeah, so. right now. And so I've started speaking about Christmas and the messages of Christmas, but it's the holiday where you are celebrating a baby yeah. and who started off as an unborn baby. Yeah. In the womb of a vulnerable young lady, mm-hmm. it just, the parallels are perfect. Yeah. Mary's pregnancy is the world's most well-known unplanned pregnancy. 
Correct. Right? Unplanned according to her and and the world, but not unplanned according to the Lord. And I'll even say that, by the way, as long as we're hitting that point, that it was unplanned by her, but not by the Lord. And he definitely had a plan and a purpose. And I'll say... That's true of every human life. Yeah. Not, and, and even today I said, now, Mary was pregnant with the Son of God, and that's not who you're pregnant with. I want to let you all know that. <laughs> right, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that only happened once. However, that baby is precious to God and has a purpose before God. So go on with what you were saying, but, but that's where I'll often start. Yeah, well, the, the fact is that the the, the Christmas story, mm-hmm. no matter how secular our society becomes and no matter how secular-minded people are, the Christmas story around this season is on the forefront of people's minds. Right. And the songs that are sung, except for like Holly Jolly Christmas and some of the ones that drive me crazy. Grandma like, under the rainbow. Actually, I like that oh, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> Grandma got ran over by a reindeer. Yeah, that one. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a quality classic okay. Christmas song. But rocking around the Christmas tree, I hate it. Okay. Santa baby, uh-huh. I'm, I'm kind of rabbit trailing here. Uh-huh. I hate that. That is probably, you know what song I'm talking about, Santa? I don't know that it one. Is the, it, is, it is quite possibly the worst song ever written okay. outside of the Beatles Christmas song. Now, I'm, I'm oh. probably stepping on some people's toes there. But that Beatles Christmas song, and I f- even forget the words of that song. I can't I'm not, stand that. I'm not that. sure I even know that one. But. Okay. Going back to my point, uh-huh. the Christmas songs, Oh, Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Yeah. Come, All Ye Faithful. Yeah. Silent Night. Oh, Little oh, Town Holy of Night. Bethlehem. Oh, Little Town. Away in a Manger. These or, are talking Or you about know what? Jesus. As long as we're on Christmas songs, this one makes me cry every time. Mary, did you know? That's, you know, that one. Yeah. Mary, yeah. did you know that your baby boy? I mean, it brings tears to my eyes just thinking of it because, Mary, did you know? Well, I don't know how much she knew. She treasured it in her heart, but she sure didn't know the whole story, I'm sure. sure. Yeah. But that's true again of every mom we face. You don't know. You don't know the whole story yeah. of, of what's going to happen with that baby and what God has planned for that baby. But anyway, yeah. okay, back yeah, to Christmas. Yeah, so the point is that. This Christmas story, this unplanned pregnancy story, which yeah. at the core of the Christmas story, that's what it is. This this unplanned yeah. pregnancy of a young woman, and of course, this child that was you know conceived and born in a very difficult situation becomes the redeemer of the world. That story is on the forefront of people's minds. Their women are driving to the abortion center around this season, going past manger scenes. Yeah, going past or, or with their radio on and hearing these songs of of Jesus and the Christmas story, yeah. and so I think we would be fools not to, uh, for lack of a better term, capitalize on that. Yeah, to springboard off of that because it's on the forefront of their minds. And the fact is, they're going to remember this season if they go through with an abortion. They're going to remember what happened in December around Christmas, twenty twenty one. And, you know, I know women that have had abortions in the past years and years and years ago. They remember those abortions, but especially when they can really put a marker in time that was around Christmas and just looking back to that. I mean, that's that's a reality. And so, you know, I think we'd be fools not to capitalize on that, springboard off of that. Yeah. And to encourage these women to help save them from the destruction that abortion brings to to step out boldly. To yeah. use Mary as an example of a young woman who was scared, pregnant, in a world that was really against her and and not really 
very helpful to her. Um, but yet she stood firm and stood strong yeah. because she did in the sight of God what was the right thing to do. And so springboarding yeah. off that encourages these women yeah. to do the same, I think, is a very powerful way to help them to, to it see is. the so truth So that's lesson life. number one for all of you listening. Don't neglect the the this gift of the Christmas story yeah. to be able to talk to the women. I go all the way back to when I'm starting to talk about Christmas story with with out at the abortion center. I go back to Elizabeth, um, who in Luke one, Elizabeth is Mary's cousin. She and her husband Zechariah cannot have any children. She's barren. Um, it, it great disgrace and sorrow in in her eyes, and uh, and you know the angel comes to John and and or I'm sorry comes to Zechariah and says your wife is going to bear a child, and um, and he's going to be John. The Baptist, yeah, uh, but but like some of the things that he is told that um, Zechariah is told of of what what is going to happen with this baby, um, one of them that I honestly don't recall ever really grasping the magnitude of what this means is in verse 15 when he says, "For he will be great in the sight of the Lord; he will drink no wine or liquor." He's talking now about baby Does it John. Say liquor? What Unborn. version of the scripture is that? I'm sorry, I'm probably NASB. Okay. He will drink no wine or liquor, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit while yet in his mother's womb. Okay. That struck me like a ton of rocks. Yeah. To to today, I think I read it this morning and I used it when I was speaking with the women today because I mean, this tells you unequivocally. While yet unborn, the Holy Spirit can enter a child, yeah. a baby in the womb. Yeah. And we're killing these babies. Yeah. Yeah. So to me, this is one of the first powerful verses. Yeah. That that I would go to. That an unborn baby can be filled with the Holy Spirit. And then the next verse is where, or a couple of verses later in verse 17, where John is going to be of the forerunner of the Messiah, and he's come, going to come in the spirit of Elijah, um, and he's going to turn uh, people back to the Lord. But then also it says in verse 17, to turn the hearts of the fathers back to the children and the disobedient to the attitude of the righteous. Yeah. So again... The, where are the hearts of the fathers as you're standing in front of an abortion center? Yeah, well, they're certainly oftentimes not for their children. They're yeah. toward themselves. Yeah, yeah. So I, th- citing that verse and talking about the purpose, one of the purposes of of John, the unborn baby, he's already being told, his father's being told, while he's yet unborn, this is his purpose. He yeah. already has been assigned a purpose yeah. by God. Yeah. Another really important point. Yeah, because like you're pointing out, in the Christmas story, we certainly have the the preborn baby Jesus, but we also have preborn baby John in the womb, this forerunner of Jesus. Yeah. And, you know, this is um really if you want to look at the scripture and what the scripture has to say about unborn children. The Christmas story is 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 the best place to look, I think. I mean, all through the Bible, you see God gives value to human beings and, and all of that. But even in that Luke passage, I know we pointed out this before, that word that's used for infant mm-hmm. is brephos, 
Right. And it's the same word that's used later on in Luke to apply to like infants outside the womb or even little children. So it's right. the same word. So the unborn baby John, Brephos, yeah. the baby Jesus born, Brephos. Yeah. Both means baby. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. there's there's no distinction that God gives. Right. God doesn't like we do. Right. I say we as a society, we apply the term fetus to a preborn child and right. infant to a child that's been born. Right. In the scriptures in the New Testament, there's an equivalent it, it's equivalent term. Right. Brephos. Right. And so we see right there if we get into the language of it, that's not necessarily something I, mean, I think you could in a one-on-one conversation with a woman going in, you could lay that truth out for her. And I would encourage you guys, if you're kind of puzzled by what I'm even talking about, dig into the Greek that is used in the Gospel of Luke in particular and the word that the, the Greek words that are used to talk about a baby inside the womb. Again, it's the same Greek word that's used for a baby outside the womb. Again, you, I think you could break it down and share that if you got in depth with a mom going into the abortion center and you can share that. I think it could be a powerful truth. Yeah. But more than anything, the most powerful truth of this is the redemption that God brought through that unplanned pregnancy. And I'll say that oftentimes Mary had an unplanned. I do use air quotes because it was not unplanned according to God. As a matter of fact, there are no unplanned pregnancies according to God. Right. He knows the end from exactly. the beginning. Yeah. But according to us and according to our thinking, that was unplanned. And yet God brought redemption out of that situation. And so many of these women going into the abortion center, they're scared and they're thinking, how could any good come out of this situation? God brought good out of that situation. The greatest good ever, the son of God came to this earth, lived a sinless life, ultimately healed the sick and raised the dead, died for the sins of the world, and then was rose from the grave. Now, of course, their baby is not going to do those things because their baby is not the son of God. But that that awesome redemptive story came out of this unplanned pregnancy. If God could do that, he could do in your life a similar thing. He could bring redemption. That child, we say to the moms oftentimes, that child could really open your eyes to the fact that there's something more than what you're living for. I know that's Mm -hmm. what happened in my life as a father, 17 years old when our daughter was born. And so I'll say that to the men. That was an unplanned pregnancy that God used to open my eyes to the reality that there was something more than what I was living for. And so I think springboarding off the Christmas story in that way is a very powerful way to help yeah. something that's already on the forefront of their mind, the yeah. Christmas story, Christmas season, and all that stuff, and and to kind of roll with it and share. This story has application to your life right now. Right. And look, so look at your story. I know when you probably first heard that your wife was pregnant and probably – Part of the overwhelming emotion that filled you was fear. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. And now, of course, she was not my wife at that time. No. So okay. Right, right. I, I've We've, shared my story yeah, before, so yeah. you guys hopefully know. But yeah, we were high school sweethearts. She was 15. I was 17 when she got pregnant. And yeah. That's young. Yeah. That, yeah. That's young. Yeah. That's scary. So so I'm sure you were filled with terror, probably yeah. terror. Yeah. My life is over. I, you've shared that before. Well, again, here's another, I think, really critical parallel between Mary and as she, as the angel is telling her, guess what? You're going to have the son of God. You're, you're, we're, I'm going to, yeah. you know, you're going to be impregnated and uh, by the spirit of God. And yeah. anyway, the angel says to her, do not be afraid. Yeah. So the angel wouldn't have needed to say that if Mary had been, you know, 
boldly saying confidently, oh, yeah. yay. <laughs> I can do this. No problem. <laughs> That's probably not. Her, her emotion must have been one of fear naturally. Yeah. That is just what any 15-year-old, 14-year-old would experience when they're yeah. told that you're about to have a baby that, and, and she's, she's, she's in shock. She's obviously scared. And the angel in the Christmas story, the angel comes, I, I, I don't know if it's Gabriel each time, but four different times, the angel comes to four different groups or, or people. And the word every time that the angel says is, do not be afraid yeah. or fear not. And you think about moms coming to an abortion center, without a doubt, fear is fueling their decisions. Yeah. And fear muddies your rational mind and and takes over so that you make stupid choices. Yeah. So the angel points out to Mary, as I think we need to point out to these moms, don't let fear be what rules you. Yeah. Let me tell you what is going to happen, What that there is a plan and a purpose for this incredible child, yeah. and God is with you. Yeah, that's In good. fact, that's what Emmanuel means, is God is with us. And Mary is, is told that she has found favor with God, um, and, but, but the angel lays out that, that there is a purpose. And I think yeah. in general terms, we can lay out to these women, don't be afraid. Don't let fear rule you right now. And there is a an unbelievable purpose yeah. for, for this child in your womb. We don't know what it is, but you'll never know what it is if if you take that child's life today. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, talking about Mary's fear. Yeah. She had, I mean, not just because she was going to be a young woman that was pregnant, but she had a lot to be afraid of in her day and age. Right. I mean, you think people are marginalized now who are pregnant outside of marriage. In those days, if you're pregnant outside of marriage, not only could you be marginalized and rejected by your community, but you could also be stoned to death. Right. And of she course, definitely was in danger of that because she's yeah. not married to Joseph, but she is um, engaged to him. And in, in that time period, an engagement was the same in terms of the commitment. Yeah. Um, it, and so in in the eyes of the people— she would have committed adultery yeah. against Joseph, and and yeah, the penalty was yeah. for adultery she, is being she stoned, have been to stoned to death. She could have been stoned to death. Um, beyond that, of course, she had the rejection of society. Like you, you didn't get pregnant outside of marriage in right. those days, right. right? This is not a common thing, right? And so she had that. She had obviously she had to try to explain this situation. However. By God's grace and mercy, uh, the Lord sent an angel to explain that situation to the most important person in the scenario, which was Joseph. And uh, he was a righteous man, and he did the right thing, which unfortunately is not the case for many of the the men that get these women pregnant at the abortion centers. They're not righteous, <laughs> right? Yeah. And, this is where the parallel does yeah, really doesn't work at all. Down. Obviously, she these are not righteous women that are going to kill their baby, and they're not righteous men. Yeah, But a lot of the emotions that they're experiencing definitely, I think, yeah. can be parallel. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and God's a redeemer. Yeah. And I think we always need to bring the story back around, the Christmas story back around to the point that God's a redeemer and God can redeem your situation if you trust in him. Yeah. You know, I think talking about, um, you know, talking about family, some of the things I'll often say is you're going to be around the Christmas tree with your family yeah. or you're going to be around the Christmas table Sharing with your family, but hiding this secret right. that you're carrying with you. Yeah. Now, 
on the flip side of that, if you continue this pregnancy, obviously there's going to be, you're going to have to share that you're pregnant. That's going to come out. But how much more, if you trust the Lord and do what he says and what honors him, will he help bring peace in the midst of that situation in this season um, than if you were to take matters into your own hands and have to explain to your family? Because it, it may come out. Yeah. Um, that's that you've a, had an abortion, like man, that's in again around this season. How yeah. how how dark and how devastating is that to a yeah. young lady? Yeah, um, I love that you use that word peace. That was one of the things I talked about today because you know you can very uh, legitimately make the point to the women at an abortion center that they are not feeling peace. Yeah. I guarantee they're not. And yet here we are in a season that celebrates peace on earth. Well, you can't have peace when you are in direct rebellion against God, but that peace is available yeah. when you turn back to him and yeah. turn to yeah. him. Yeah, but, I think of the, uh, I share oftentimes, it's from the Gospel of Luke, the proclamation of the angels when they come in the field there, they, you know, they were shepherds watching over their flocks by night. We know the story, right? And then the angel comes, or the angels come and appear and say, um, peace on earth, goodwill toward men. Like God wants to bring peace. God has a good will. And I will share this with the women and with the men that you think that right now God doesn't know what he's doing because you're pregnant. And like, God, why did you allow this? Yeah. But you have to trust that God has a good will towards you. God ultimately has a good will toward all of humanity. He wants good for us, even in the midst of our sin. That's why Jesus came to redeem lost human beings. Yeah. So let's put our trust in in God's goodwill toward man. Peace on earth, goodwill toward men. Let's put our trust in him rather than in things like abortion, which don't bring peace and don't have a goodwill. All, all the will that Planned Parenthood or the abortion industry has toward these women and toward these babies is a dollar sign, right? Yeah. They don't have a good desire. They are ultimately trying to make money. But yeah. God does have a goodwill toward them. So yeah. kind of contrasting that and helping them to see through the Christmas story God has their best in mind, even in the midst of a very difficult situation. Yeah. Um, and I love how you kind of give the summary of of the Christmas story, and then help them. To, you, you're painting a vision for them. I think in yeah. a lot of, of a lot of how you, and I think that's true of your nature in general. And, and what I often will do is go back to like some of the specifics that I see um, a different approach. I I love your vision painting. I think it's really really important and beautiful. But one of the things, again, that um, that I think is really fascinating in, in the story about um, Elizabeth and Mary, and they, as they're bearing these unborn children that are going to change the world, baby John and, and baby Jesus, and uh, Mary goes to visit Elizabeth for, I think, three months. She stays with her cousin. And it says that when, when Elizabeth, when Mary enters the room, Elizabeth, filled with the Holy Spirit, in verse 44 says, For behold, when the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby leaped in my womb for joy. Yeah. I will talk about that a lot again because I'm thinking about one of our key talking points of our three talking points is humanity of the baby. And here's an unborn baby that's described as leaping for joy. Yeah. Um, in the womb. So it shows showing the humanity of that unborn child. Um, I, th I think that's amazing. <clears throat> but another thing that I will say, and that I think is expressed in this verse, is really the, f the first one to greet Jesus 
was an unborn baby. Yeah, this unborn baby greeting, leaping for joy, the unborn baby Jesus, knowing yeah. the presence of the unborn baby Jesus. So it's the unborn meeting the, or I mean, they didn't, I guess, technically meet. There was a womb between them, <laughs> skin, yeah. but, yeah. but, but, but well, you get my point. There was definitely some kind of connection going on there. Right? There was a connection that that baby knew that this yeah. was his Lord coming in into the room. Yeah, and, and thereby, according to the scripture, humanizing the baby in the womb as not just a blob of tissue or clump of cells, but a human being that's capable of, like you said, being full of the Holy Spirit, Yeah, capable of responding to a spiritual experience here yeah. with the Son of God being in the same room and, yeah. and a baby leaping in the yeah. womb. Uh, one of the prayers that we often pray in Love Life as we're doing our one-hour journeys with pastors, bringing them out to the abortion center, having them pray in front of the abortion center, or we're bringing our prayer groups out, is we pray specifically, just like John leapt in Elizabeth's womb, we pray that those babies would leap in their mother's womb. And we've actually had a story not too long ago, it was a couple of months ago, where a young lady was inside the abortion center. And she was on the the table, not the operating table, but she was on the table getting an ultrasound. I don't know if you remember this story. But she felt her baby, I think she was 18 weeks or something. So she was still within the range of being able to have the abortion. And she felt her baby. That was the first time. The first time, time, yeah. She felt her baby kick was inside the womb, inside of the abortion center. Right. And she came out, ended up coming on board the mobile ultrasound unit, chose life. Yeah. And so that was an answer to prayer. And it's kind of like, this is what we pray about. Yeah. And this is that, again, that Christmas story. And here it comes to life in a yeah. sense right in front of us. Yeah. And it's amazing just how God uses that 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 prayer out of that story. Yeah. To, uh, it's so beautiful. To and, and that picture of the unborn baby John leaping in the womb for joy as the unborn baby Jesus enters the room with his, you know, inside of his mother, Mary, I think points to a very basic, important truth that God is pointing out the value of the unborn. I mean, at its most basic level, if you think about the Christmas story, Jesus could have come to earth in any form, didn't even need to be human, but, but let's say he, God, for very good reason, sends him as a human being. He didn't need to come as an unborn. Yeah. Child, he could have come at, I don't know, right at birth. If yeah. that was the point at which humanity matters, he could have come as a 30 year old or, yeah. or even as a 20 year old. And he could have had all those more years of maybe ministry if he comes fully formed and God yeah. has already fed into him in, in his growing up period. But he comes as an unborn baby. Yeah. And I think that is an amazing point. And yeah, to, to point that out to women, God. Our creator, our savior, the savior of the world, came as an unborn baby. What does that say about God's valuing of the unborn? Yeah. And of when life begins. Yeah. Yeah. I won't dig too deep into this because it's Mm -hmm. not your point. Mm -hmm. But I will say that Jesus did have to come as a human being. Mm -hmm. But I will agree with your point that he could have come as a full-grown human being. He right. could have come as a right. toddler or whatever. Yeah. Um, but to save human beings, he had to come as a human being. And we see that in the Christmas story. And yeah. that, that's that's an amazing reality. And that's why I love the Christmas songs that talk about Jesus. Um, again, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. I mean, guys, I want to encourage you through this season to actually listen to the songs. Yeah. Because there's there's so much depth to them. Mm-hmm. Um, joy to the world. 
Listen to the words of that song. He came to make his blessings known far as the curse is found. It's talking about the curse of sin and Jesus coming to make his, his blessings known. Am I wording that right? I think I'm, I'm wondering. I kind of, you know, we often don't sing those verses, yeah. which is kind of sad. We yeah. only sing the main important we, first Yeah, like first the first answer. and fourth or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. But listen to the songs as, as they're being played. I'll tell you also, maybe this is for you guys to, if you haven't heard this song before, it's a powerful song. And it's kind of a modern song, though. It's from Casting Crowns. Okay. And uh, gosh, what's the name of the song? Um, I'm going to look up the name of the song. But it is okay. so powerful because they talk about in that particular song um, about how we've embraced the philosophy of save the trees and kill the children. You hear that song? Uh, if I do, I'm I'm blanking on it. Yeah, it's good. I'm going to – before we, we're done with this episode, I'm going to share that. That's a powerful song. Yeah. But I'm just I want to encourage you guys as you're, you know, kind of going through the Christmas season, don't let these the power of these songs and the depth that's in these songs and the depth of the reality of what took place when Jesus came to this world slip through your fingers yeah. and get lost in all the, you know, <laughs> Santa Claus and gingerbread and Frosty the Snowman and all that stuff and right. miss Jesus in the midst of it. Certainly we don't want yeah. these women to miss Jesus. But let us also not miss Jesus in the name of the song. I just looked it up okay. as, as I was yeah. talking. It's called "While You Were While You Were Sleeping." Oh, it's so powerful! You okay, should listen well, to it when we leave today to from while, recording this. While, you should listen to it while, while we, you were sleeping. While you were sleeping. Yes, it's okay. so good. It's so powerful. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, these songs again. These songs are on the forefront of these women's minds too. They're listening to them probably as they're going to the abortion center, and they're probably not thinking of the true meaning of those words. And if you point them out. You know, listen yeah. to this phrase from this song, and then you read these verses from, especially Luke. Um, I just happen to really love Luke, but um, pointing out God's love of the unborn, which is so clear yeah. in yeah. in the Christmas story, I think it it can make a powerful impact on these women. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Another thing I want to mention mm-hmm. um, that I thought was pretty cool, and we've actually done it in the past, and we're actually going to wrap up here in just a minute. Okay. Um, is Christmas caroling. Yeah. It's kind of weird, you would think, singing Christmas songs in front of the abortion center. Mm-hmm. Um, and not every scenario lends itself to that. I don't think out here at Latrobe is probably the best place to do it with these crazy pro-abortion people. But I know some of our team in New York, um, mm-hmm. I'd seen some things where they were doing Christmas carols, singing Christmas carols in front of the abortion center. Yeah. And I think we have to do it, obviously, with, with a somberness, you know, a seriousness there. Right. But I do think maybe you have the ability to play Christmas songs on some kind of amplified sound as long as it doesn't drown out your voices and yeah. you can still be heard. Um, playing some of these Christmas songs over um, a sound system, singing Christmas carols could really, um, really awaken the conscience of some of these women going yeah. into the abortion center. Because yeah. these songs and this Christmas story is so powerful, it's so redemptive. And so I want to encourage you guys. I don't want to... I don't want to encourage you to manipulate. We're not talking about manipulation. We're talking about springboarding off of this reality that's on the forefront of people's minds to help speak the truth and save lives. Well, we're a gospel-centered pro-life ministry, and that's what this podcast is all about is using the gospel. And this is the gospel. This is yeah. this is the story of the birth of our Lord and Savior and the faith of some really wonderful characters. And I think we 
we need to to use these powerful verses to help women to really think about the parallel between their own situation, their own baby, and God's plan and purpose. Yeah. And then Mary and her baby and his glorious plan and purpose. Yeah. yeah. Amen. Amen. Well, guys, we appreciate you listening, and we'd appreciate, as always, if you would share this podcast episode with others. Also, we'd appreciate if you'd reach out to us. Let us know if you have suggestions for future podcasts that we can do. Maybe you have a word of encouragement. Maybe you were blessed by one of the episodes. Maybe you're blessed by this episode. Let us know. We want to hear from you. You can reach out to me, Daniel, at lovelife.org. You can reach her, Vicki, at lovelife.org. And until next time, God bless. God bless you all, and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Since I met you